Thank you for your patience with our uh, take twos and our rewinds and all those good things. Uh, it's a bit of a complicated thing when I'm on in band and I can't be two places at once. Uh, gradually, your pastor is a bit of a geek, unfortunately, and so I'm trying to reproduce myself and Mark and Lynn and Caleb and so on are all pitched in and have uh, been helping out week by week, and it's a gradual training process, so thank you for your patience. Uh, let's pray. Lord, uh, we thank you that we can gather on this uh, day of prayer for the persecuted church. Thank you that we can gather here in Canada safely and freely and, uh, and praise you together. Lord, uh, open our hearts of those who can't do that around the world. Um, help us to enter a little bit into their uh, setting so that we can uh, see what, how their faith is responding and may ours be made stronger as a result too. In Jesus' name, amen. So, responding to evil, uh, three key words, I'll ask you to say them after me, hate, help, and heap. Can you do that? Hate, help, and heap. Okay, there's your sermon. You can all go home now. Uh, you got the three main points. First, uh, responding to evil, hate its essence. Have you ever been picked on? Not very nice, is it? Makes you feel sorry for yourself and probably mad at the other people. I was blessed with a relatively sheltered existence, having two older brothers that actually got along fairly well and didn't demean me even though I was at least four years younger. But I do recall one time getting picked on at school. Uh, I was in grade nine at Mitchell District High School, which back in those days meant you were fair game for the right of <clears throat> initiation. How many remember initiation? Yes, I'm glad we moved on. I hope we moved on from those times. Having to do the bidding of grade 10, such as roll an egg up the floor on the aisle of the bus using your nose, etc. Then once while I was waiting to get on the bus after school, I don't know why this particular day, maybe I was looking especially dorky and frosh, two fellows I knew from playing baseball came up behind me and gave me a wedgie. How embarrassing. If, kids, if you don't know what a wedgie is, ask your parents to explain it at home after. <clears throat> One of them was a big strapping fellow, half again as heavy as me, so it would have been stupid to try and retaliate. I had to just suck it up and try to forget about how foolish it made me feel. Our children's focus video today about crayons was talking about bullies, others who act cruelly toward us, sometimes because they themselves have been abused by others. Bullying is not a sign of a well-adjusted personality, but it happens. People, for some reason, find delight in being hard on others. They make the punching bag for their frustrations in life. Today, we pray for persecuted Christians around the world. Our episodes of getting picked on here seem tame compared to what those in other countries have to endure on account of their faith. I'll keep this message shorter as we'll look at three videos totaling about 12 minutes amongst the three of them. I want to introduce you to some of these fellow believers who suffer in other countries on account of their faith in Jesus. The key verse that IDOP has chosen is Romans 12.12. 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Being joyful in hope, we get. But being patient in affliction, that's tough. Those who are persecuted are having to put up with indignities and pain 
much worse than being given a wedgie. They're hurt by being beaten, captured, and sold as slaves, thrown into prison as treasonous for even mentioning God. How are we to respond to evil? Our passage, Romans 12, 9 to 21, suggests three things. First, hate evil. 12, 9 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, hate is a strong word. Are we sure it's okay? God himself hates evil and commands us to do likewise. Amos 5.15, hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Psalm 11.5 tells us, the Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked and those who love violence, his soul, what? Hates, his soul hates those who love violence. Note here, we're hating the essence of the evil itself, not the person perpetrating the sin. There's a difference. We're to love our neighbor, even those who treat us badly. Our first short video is the theme one for today's day of prayer called Hope in Isolation. It features Lena in Nigeria, who became alienated from her family on account of her faith. Also, it introduces us to Peter from Czech Republic, who was imprisoned 14 months in Sudan. In the first video. All over the world, Christians are separated from family and friends, isolated because of their relationship with Jesus. At 14, Lena had to make a heart-rending choice. Lose everything she knew, including her Muslim family, to follow Jesus in Nigeria. I was very upset and surprised by my father's attitude because I knew he loved me. But he changed and now he wanted to kill me. I was angry and discouraged. I wanted to become a Christian, but I wasn't sure because it might cost me my life. The emotional and physical suffering and isolation has only led to a greater determination by Lena to serve Jesus and to love those who have persecuted her. Czech national Peter Jasik, who serves persecuted Christians, was falsely imprisoned in Sudan. Three Sudanese believers were also arrested. During the 14 months he was detained, Peter was held in five different prisons under horrible conditions and was beaten by other prisoners because he was a Christian. But Peter never lost his hope in Jesus. 
When I was physically attacked, um, I was uh, experiencing the, the deepest peace in, mind, in my mind. And even though I do not even remember like the pain from uh, those beatings uh, and that moment when I was beaten with the wooden uh, stick. Next section, responding to evil by helping. How are we to respond to evil? We're to hate it in its essence while loving our neighbor when they treat us wrongly. Next, we're to help them, or in other words, bless them. Saying too in the way of Jesus is, if you remember it, say it with me, I am being sent by Jesus to bless others and invite them to follow him. Persecuted Christians are agents of blessing in their communities. Philip is a believer from the country of Bangladesh. When Philip saw members of his isolated tribal community dying because of a lack of access to medical care, he prayed and asked God to intervene. He says, I never thought that God would open the door through me. After receiving medical training, Philip can now offer both medicine for the body and medicine for the soul to his brothers and sisters as well as his Buddhist neighbors. In our scripture text, Romans 12, 14 says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Our natural instinct is to retaliate when others hurt us, to get back at them, to, to get even. Jesus' disciples saw his beard torn out and a crown of thorns jammed onto his head by cruel, battle-hardened Roman soldiers. Yet he did not retaliate but prayed for his torturers to be forgiven. Romans 12, 17 and 19. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Our trust in God is sovereign and almighty, means we can leave him in to settle any scores, to rightly and with justice mete out punishment to any who deserve it. We can leave room for God's wrath. I don't feel like we have to take matters into our own hands like divinely appointed vigilantes. Our second video introduces us to Jeanette in the Central African Republic, where some 30,000 Christians have been targeted by Islamic attackers over the past eight years. Yet they are somehow empowered by God's grace to show love and forgiveness toward their persecutors. Second video. My name is Jeanette. I am a Christian and I love Jesus with all my heart. I love my children and I love the people of my country, the Central African Republic. There are both Christians and Muslims in my country. 
and we lived as neighbors as I worked to reach them for Christ. But my hope for a peaceful life didn't last. Our village was ambushed by the Islamist attackers. Guns started firing and we started running as fast as we could into the bush. All the Christians in my village were killed or driven into hiding. I fled with my children. We didn't even have time to put on our shoes or clothes. Attacks like these have been targeting Christians in the Central African Republic for eight years and continue today. Churches and missionary stations that have been built over decades have been destroyed along with Christians' homes that have been burnt to the ground. In one area, the only structures that remained were the metal roofs of two churches. Thousands of Christians have spent years in shift temporary shelters far from their homes as the violence and instability continues. Delivering desperately needed help to displaced Christians often means overcoming impassable roads, using cargo planes, trucks, motorcycles, bicycles, and even canoes. With God's help, supplies are making it to Christians scattered throughout various camps. Today, Jeanette and more than 30,000 Christians in the Central African Republic have been driven from their homes all because of their faithfulness in maintaining a witness for Christ in majority Muslim areas in the face of severe Islamist violence. These courageous believers, our Christian brothers and sisters in the Central African Republic, have shown God's love and forgiveness to their persecutors. They continue to faithfully follow the Lord and trust Him to meet their needs. with gold embossing NIV Bible laying on the ground. I have one just like that. How would we feel having to live in makeshift shelters like that in those camps? We think we're kind of hard-pressed here buckling down under COVID. But how would that be? How would we feel if our church was burned down and only the roof left? So we respond to evil by hating it in its essential evilness, but also helping or blessing those who persecute us. In fact, we can go so far as to heap grace upon those who oppose us to the point that evil is overcome by good. Say it again with me, those three words, if you still got them. Hate, help, and heap. Okay, good. 
Romans 12, 20, Paul continues, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Huh, quite the figure of speech. Heaping hot glowing coals on someone's head. Not literally, of course, but uh, surprising them by your amazing Holy Spirit-inspired goodness. Treating them kindly instead of hurting them in return. Modeling for them how they ought to be conducting themselves toward others as Jesus did. So doing, even evil will be overcome by good. Jesus taught his followers in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's so hard. To do that requires reliance upon God's spirit. We just don't have it in our natural humanness. That's so bent on justice for just us. Doesn't want mercy to be shown to those who've damaged and deprived us. But Jesus taught and practiced it all the way to the cross. But the image of heaping burning coals on someone's head, recall the time King Saul was out chasing David in the wilderness, seeking to kill this brave warrior who was becoming so popular that Saul thought he was a challenge to his throne. More than once, David spared Saul's life when it was in his power to kill him. On one occasion, Saul chose to relieve himself by entering the very cave where David and his men were hiding. Although David's men told him, here's your chance, David refused to get back at Saul. The goodness of his act is not lost on the king when he finds out. David shouts to the king after he's a safe distance away and shows the corner of the king's robe that David had cut off clear evidence that David could have struck down the king and put his troubles to an end. 1 Samuel 14, 16 to 19. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me of the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. So we can help them by blessing them, including praying for them. Yet we can share God's view of things by keeping on hating the essence of the evil thing itself. Our final video with which we close is a bit longer, not quite seven minutes. It takes us to North Korea, where a missionary pastor gave his life evangelizing and discipling about a thousand believers before he was assassinated. The story is told through the chances in which Christians keep sharing their faith so others can experience the joy of knowing the Lord and having his promises. Our third video. In primary school, we were taught that all missionaries were terrorists. 
They told us that a missionary will be nice to you at first, but when they get you into their homes, then they will kill you and eat your liver. There was no food and no work in my village. Like some others, I snuck across the mountain border into China. I picked mushrooms in the hopes of selling them in Changbai. I don't speak Chinese at all. But in the mountains, I met a man. He said, I can sell those for you. And he didn't cheat me. He gave me all the money from the sale. At that time, I didn't know he was Pastor Han. Over the next two years, I went back several times. Each time, Pastor Han helped me. One day, I asked why he would do this, for he himself was in great danger for assisting a North Korean. It is because I am a Christian, he said. That made me afraid. Was he going to eat my liver? One day, Pastor Han said to me, God is real. There is hope for every person. I could not believe he would say that word. God, nobody says that word. We know it is an act of treason. There will be no trial. No journalists will write about you, and no one will ever dare ask where you have gone. One day I asked Pastor Han for a Bible. He knew that if I was caught with a Bible, my life would be in danger. But over time, I persuaded him. I showed the Bible to my wife. At first, she refused to even look at it. Why would you bring that here, she cried. She knew that if anyone reported that you had even glanced at a Bible, you would be arrested, and not just you. You and all your relatives sent to the concentration camps for years and years and years. Over time, my wife too learned that God is real. 
she found hope. And then I shared the word of God with my best friend. It was very dangerous for me to share. It was very dangerous for him to listen. One day in the summer of 2016, we heard that some North Korean assassins were being honored by the government, rewarded for their good work for killing a terrorist missionary in Changbai. We knew it was Pastor Han. Who else could it be? We, we were frightened. Did they know he was my friend? Did they know I had met with him many times? Pastor Han gave his life, but he gave hope to me and to many other North Koreans. And despite the ever-present danger, Many of us will continue to share the message that God is real. We hope that our sacrifice, when the day comes, will be worthwhile, just like it was for Pastor Han. Heavenly Father, have mercy on our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are suffering persecution and torture and deprivation on account of their testimony about Jesus and your awesome grace and forgiveness. Oh, we may feel sorry for them. Actually, maybe sometimes it's us who should be pitied by comparison. Their faith in you is so strong. They have learned to delight in knowing you and your word rather than passing worldly possessions. Help them to keep overcoming tribulation, to be strong against discouragement and depression, to be bold in testifying to others about the peace and joy you give, and make us bolder to leave such a legacy too. In Christ's name, amen.